So here is the big question. How do entrepreneurs like us, who started sales or direct selling or network marketing, how did we start our journey but now feel stuck, feel like we're struggling or we can't level up to where we want to be, where we know we can be? How do we break through and prove everybody wrong? Everybody wrong. Show ourselves that we are successful and show ourselves that we can win. That is the big question and this is the podcast that will give you the answers. My name is Lisa Hawker, and this is Direct AF Sales. Brad, I am so grateful to you. I mean, I cannot even believe that I am getting your time. I am so excited for you to drop bombs on my audience, and I cannot wait to talk to you. I've been looking forward to this since I started the podcast. I'll tell you that right now. How are you today? I'm excellent. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming. So I have so many questions to ask you, but what I want to start out with is <clears throat> how you came up with this incredible idea for the company that you run. I mean, how, how did you formulate that idea? Well, really out of, out of necessity. Um, about 21 years ago, I quit my job as a general sales manager, where part of that was to train and develop salespeople, sales managers, and, you know, assets for the company I worked for. And I got so good at it that I could literally take a landscaper or, you know, a lot porter or, you know, a Burger King worker and turn them into a, you know, very effective salesperson or manager. Uh, relatively quickly. So I thought, you know, this is a powerful tool. You know, I, I, I literally did it for someone that, you know, showed me that money does make a difference in your life. And so it kind of touched me a little bit. And I thought, man, I need to do this for more people. So I quit my job and I started a training company. And I was out there going to, or I was out there trying to do the same thing I was doing for this company, but for individuals and other companies, right? Uh, training organization. So when I went out on the road and I started booking deals and doing it, I couldn't produce the, the behavior and the results that I used to be able to do. And I couldn't figure out what the problem was. So I started to look at what's the difference from working at this company, doing it day in and day out to where now I can't do it anymore. And so what I discovered were four key ingredients that are necessary to actually train and develop someone. And I was inadvertently doing it prior and I didn't uh, take that with me. So the four key ingredients, good content, repetition, practice, and accountability. You see, when I was working at this organization, I was doing that automatically because I worked there every day, 60, 70 hours a week. But when I quit and I went out on the road, I didn't deliver any repetition. I was usually only there for a day. There was very little practice, if any, and there was no accountability because after I left, most times the management didn't even know what I trained the people to do and say. So there was zero accountability. There was zero repetition and there was very little practice. And that's why it wasn't working. So I realized that I needed to figure out a way to deliver those four things. And because I was out on the road living out of a suitcase and, you know, I had a family, so I didn't want to just be one of those guys out on the road 300 days a year. I thought I need to figure out a way to deliver the message, deliver the good content that I had 
with repetition, practice, and accountability. There was a new thing out called the internet. So I decided, well, let me, let me see if we can leverage the internet to allow me to virtually train people online and track and measure it all and create interactive role plays and exercises and really almost virtualize what I was doing in real life. So I did it for myself. I found some, uh, people to build me the platform and the technology for myself. And then I went out and started selling it, doing pretty decent. And then I ran into quite a bit of competitors. And instead of trying to compete with them, I just decided to collaborate with them. And so I started licensing those guys, my technology. So I just white labeled what I built for myself for them. And then they started selling a lot of different companies and individuals. And I just very quickly realized I'm going to be better off helping all of the experts deliver and track their message and monetize their content rather than try to compete with them all. So I just kind of took a backseat to the training and just focused on the technology. 20 years later, you know, we're, we're now one of the leading technologies for, for training and development of, of companies, individuals, organizations, associations, et cetera. Yeah, like that's how it began. It was kind of out of necessity. I needed it for myself, and it turned out as I created it for myself, I ended up solving a lot of other people's problems at the same time. It's incredible. It's an incredible product. The Lightspeed VT is just an incredible product, and I like so much of what you said. Um, Specifically, you know, when you solve your own problem and then you're able to monetize that right? And share it with other people. That is, you know, one of the reasons I think you're so successful, one of the many reasons why I think you're so successful is because you have this abundance mentality. Yes. Yep. And what you're talking about is collaborating and that collaboration not only helps everyone, but it makes you wealthy. That's right. Yeah. I always tell people, if you want to make a million dollars, solve a million problems or one big one. You did not come from money. No, I was raised in a blue collar family in the Pacific Northwest. In a small town in Oregon. That's right. Yep. And you have very humble beginnings. Love to talk about that with you because to know where you came from and what you have created for yourself out of virtually nothing, an orphanage, right? Well, that was only two days in a foster home, but yeah. Well, what I understand is that you um, are were two years old. Your your parents divorced, and you were dropped off. You and your brother and your sister were dropped off. Am I right? That's right. What happened? Yeah, my mom and dad got divorced, so my mom kept the brand new baby, my little brother Tony. She kept him and took the rest of us to a foster home to be adopted and or, you know, found someplace else to live. And so my grandmother, my, on my dad's side, told my dad, you, be- you better go get your kids. <clears throat> so she kind of forced him into coming to get us. So we were only there for a couple of days, maybe a week. And we were about to get shipped out to different homes, but my dad showed up and, you know, took us home. You know, I, I've heard this interview. I've heard you talk about this a little bit, and I hope it's okay that we get into it because I, sure. I, I know that Anything. you, I appreciate that. I know that your passion for growing your business and giving value to people and 
all of that is unrivaled, but for the love that you have for your wife and your family. And I know that family is very important to you. But I would imagine, you know, thinking about this interview or conversation that we're having, I, you know, I'm wanting to ask you these questions. It must have taken an, a massive amount of um, learning about yourself and learning about how that impacted you, how a lot of your childhood impacted you in your drive to succeed. And you've been succeeding since you started selling the chocolate bars at six or seven years old. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've always been pretty lucky. You know, I think I'm one of the luckiest guys on the planet. So I don't look back and think to myself, that was rough or that was difficult. In fact, I, I think my life's been pretty easy. I think I've been pretty much handed everything on a silver platter. Uh, not literally, meaning no one gave me anything, but like I've really had no hard times or hard challenges along the way. A lot of people would say that I did if they you know, learned my story, but I think it, it's subjective, right? It's, it's a perspective. And my perspective is, is abundance. My perspective is gratitude. You know, I'm thankful my dad basically left me to my own devices. It taught me to be a survivor. It taught me to be, you know, resourceful. Well, those are very valuable traits in, in the entrepreneurial world. You know, you have to be resourceful. You have to figure out how to get things done. You have to network. You have to build relationships. You have to be clever. And so some people might be like, oh, poor Brad. He was from a family that didn't really show him any love. Well, you know, I don't look at it that way. But other people might. Most people do. Yeah, well, again, that's perspective, isn't it, Lisa? It's a choice. It's a choice. You know, you're... Andy Frazella and Ed Milet talk a lot, and you talk a lot about making choices and making decisions. And you're taking your oddity, your your, um, and you're making it your commodity. You are choosing to look at it that um, the fact that your dad came to one game, right? He came to swim one. Meet. Yep, the swim meet, right? And, uh, yeah, you know, he, 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 he didn't come to any of my sporting events except the first one where they put me in this guppy league and, you know, I, I apparently swam too fast and they said, he's not supposed to be in this league. My dad got mad, yelled at a few, you know, officials and, and left and never came to another sporting event. So, you know, the shit that you went through and you're saying, you know, things were handed to you on a silver platter. That, that, that's just not, you worked for everything that you have. <laughs> it's been easy. Trust me. Shit comes to me easy. Do you think Lisa. that's because you love it? Well, what do you mean? Like, see, I got on your podcast pretty easily. <laughs> you're doing me the service of being on my podcast, but so, okay. Well, so what would you tell again, people? Huh? Say again. No, go ahead. I was going to say, well, again, that's, that's subjective. I think you're doing me the favor of putting, putting me on your podcast. And quite frankly, I also think you're doing the world a favor because people that have never heard of me that listen to you are now going to get uplifted somehow or hopefully and, you know, figure out a few keys that might get them past some challenges or roadblocks. And a lot of times it's just perspective. It's just your mindset. Most people believe somehow and they've agreed in the past, so they believe it, that they're not worth 
the success they're looking for. So they can look for it all, all they want. They're never going to find it because subconsciously they don't believe they deserve it. And you have to, you know, first start with the person in the mirror and fix that relationship. Then you can go out and tackle the world. Too many people have a bad relationship with themselves and they're running around ultimately in circles trying to win. And every time they start to win, something happens to cause them to crash self-sabotage type of thing where the reason for that is because they don't internally believe they're worth anything. And so I fixed that a while back with what I call the sacred six. And so when people understand that the reason you seek and you know, you want everyone else's opinion and you want everyone else's validation because you don't have your own. And that's the problem with most people. What is the sacred six? The sacred six are just these steps I created to kind of fix that. So the first thing people have to do is forgive themselves for all of the procrastination, the lies, the stealing. I mean, everyone's done some stuff in their life. So you have to forgive yourself for that uh, consciously. And ultimately, on the next very next, you know, step, you have to commit to do what you say you're going to do. Like, that's half the battle, you do what you say you're going to do. And, and people get anxious when I say that because they already know themselves. They know that they don't stick to what they say. That's why you forgive yourself. It's okay, right? Everybody does it. But now that you're aware of it, forgive yourself, wipe the slate clean, and then commit. Look up the word if you need to. Commit to do what you say you will do. Just be careful what you agree to. Be careful what you say you'll do. Like so many people agree so quickly before they, you know, really factor what that requires. Well, stop. Just commit to do what you say you're going to do. And then step three, you need to rack up the wins. See, we've been losing our life, our whole life, and we don't even realize it when we set goals and we don't achieve those goals, but we get close and then everyone rationalizes. Oh, good job. You got close. No, that's a loss. And you need to start racking up the wins because if you lose constantly, Lisa, what would that make you? Somebody a that loser. doesn't. Yeah. Right. And subconsciously in your mind, you're a loser. Right. And losers don't deserve things. So basically, you're not even aware that you think you're a loser, but you actually do. You're, you have guilt. You have shame. Um, you, you're, you're thinking in the past. You, you don't believe that uh, things are possible. And it's all caused by you've been losing your whole life in a lot of ways. So what you want to do is change those goals instead of big, huge, ridiculous goals that we all, we're all taught to set. Set some small attainable goals on a regular basis, like every single day, pick five or 10 things that you're going to accomplish that day, no matter what. And when you accomplish them, that's a win. And it doesn't even have to be very big. Like if you're in sales, make one more phone call. You know, uh, if you're trying to get f physically fit, you know, walk one more block or, you know, spend one more minute on the treadmill, Right. you know, just, just do a little bit more and achieve those things and you'll start racking up the wins. And as soon as you start racking up those wins, believe it or not, over 30, 60, 90 day time frame, you, you, you start to feel different. You start to look around and realize, man, I deserve more than this. And you actually start getting a little bit pissed off at yourself, which is good. And yeah. you start to take a little more action because you've started to win and your brain's starting to go, oh, if you're such a winner, why are you in the condition you're in? Winners don't live like this. Winners don't have shit box cars. Winners aren't broke. Winners aren't struggling to pay their rent. So all of a sudden you start to realize that, hey, you got to get moving and you do. And then what happens is 
Step four, friends and family and people in your life, the people you hang around, start to talk shit. They start to make stupid comments. They start to basically try to bring you back down to who you were before. Yeah, but you're no longer that person. You're starting to actually become a better person and a better version of yourself. And they will sometimes pull you back with comments and suggestions and listen, you didn't even graduate, Brad. Don't, don't set your hopes too high. Listen, I understand, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, you've got to get rid of the idiots. I just say step four is get rid of the idiots. You literally <laughs> have to get rid of the people in your life that are holding you back. I don't care if you've <clears throat> known them for 20 years. It doesn't matter that they're your cousin or your friend or your wife or your husband. You have to literally block out and stop accepting information and hanging around the wrong people. So that's step four. Step five is you have to visualize exactly what success looks like for you. See, so many people say, I want to be rich, but they won't have a number in their head. They don't know. They don't have a plan on how they're going to get rich. I mean, how do you not have a plan? Like you have to have a plan. You have to have a map. So, so every day you, you work on that plan. You spend time thinking specifically and then visualizing exactly where you want to be. And you visualize every single day. And then step six is simply to seek new information. Most people are not reading books, listening to podcasts, and, and actively and intentionally seeking new information. And that's the craziest thing to me because if you look at, just keep it simple. If you're looking at, I want more out of life. Okay, good. What does more look like? That's step five. Okay, then when you, you start to realize, I'm, I'm getting what I'm getting because I'm doing what I'm doing. And I'm doing what I'm doing because I believe what I believe. Our, our beliefs drive our behaviors. So if you want to change your beliefs, there's only one way to do it. And that's get new information. It can't be the same information or you won't change your beliefs. You have to get new information. So every single day, you should be intentional in seeking new information. And with that new information, you'll start to think and you'll start to question and you'll start to, you know, believe differently. And once you start to change those beliefs, you'll start to change those behaviors. And once you start to change those behaviors, you'll start to change those results. So if you just keep it simple to change what you're getting, you have to change what you're doing to change what you're doing. You have to change what you believe to change what you believe. You need new information. It's that simple. So every day, boom, get new information. So those are the six things. Forgive yourself, commit to do what you say you're going to do. Rack up the wins, remove the idiots, visualize, get specific and seek new information. And you do that over the course of six, seven, eight, nine, ten months, people will say, holy moly, my life is completely different. They may not be multimillionaires yet, but they're well on their way. And more importantly, they're 10 times happier than they've ever been because they start to realize they are worth something and they start to value their own opinion. And when you value your own opinion and you're not so damn worried about everybody else's and that's the key. People, people don't try, they don't do things because they're so worried about what everyone else is going to think. And that stops them. And that causes them to, to, to retract and or, you know, stay silent. When in reality, you know, if you valued your own opinion and your own self-worth, well, dude, you'd go out and be bold. And that's, that's the deal, man. You have to be bold. It's so fortune good. favors the bold. Fortune does favor the bold and fortune has favored you. And what would you tell people who want to try, who want to step out, who want to start their entrepreneurial journey or join that network marketing team? What would you tell them? 
How would you help them? You know, is it is it step two? Is it commit to what you say you're going to do? That no. way you begin to trust yourself. And if you trust yourself, then you start to build confidence. What is it? Well, the sacred six will build you confidence. But if someone were to, you know, say to me, I want to do this. Well, then do it. You know, stop, stop saying anything and start doing it. Like, it's just a choice. You know, one day I woke up, I'm a little bit chunky. I thought to myself, you know, I want to get in shape. So guess what? I started lifting heavy things in the morning. I started changing my diet. I said, I started doing it. And then I started getting in better shape. Holy shit. <laughs> Look at that. What a, what a miracle. It's not a miracle. You want to start a business, start a damn business. Well, what if I fail? Quit worrying about stupid shit. What if you fail? Big deal. The people that win in life fail the most, but yet we're so afraid to fail. Well, dude, that's part of the recipe. Go out and try. If you don't take a chance, you're going to work for someone who did. So just move, make the choice and take action. It's that simple. Now, again, it's not that easy. People fear other people's opinions. They've got kids. Well, I've got kids to feed. You know, I got to pay rent. It's not that easy for me. Yak, yak, yak. If you're not willing to let go of what you have to get what you want, well, then quit complaining. Because you have to let go or be willing to let go of what you have to get what you want. Most people, they will not risk what they have to get what they want. And there's the problem. You have to be willing. Imagine if you have a basketball and you look over and you see a soccer ball that you want. Well, dude, you got to let go of the basketball to get the soccer ball, bitch. What are you, crazy? <laughs> like, you really think, you know, I can't let this go, but I want that so bad. And they'll spend their whole lives wishing for the soccer ball and envious of other people who have a soccer ball. And when you look at them and you're like, well, just grab the soccer ball. No, because what if I lose this? Well, you don't want that. I know, but I need it. Well, why do you need it? Well, because you're insecure, because you don't have any confidence, because you're worried about all these things that might happen, which usually don't, by the way. So I would say, look, what's the worst that can happen? People say, well, I, you know, I, I, I lose everything. Dude, you started with nothing. What, what's, what's the harm of starting again? Well, I don't want to start all over. People will think I'm a loser. People will, you know, it's rough. It's tough. Well, yes, you freaking pussy. Let's go. Make the choice. Take some action and don't give up. And guess what? Pretty soon, dude, people are going to be asking you to be on their podcast. They're going to be saying, hey, listen, I need to know how you did this. And you're going to get on the podcast and you're going to say, listen, Lisa, all I did is I heard this guy one time make it sound so easy. So I gave it a shot. And yes, it was difficult. And yes, I failed a couple times, but I just kept going, like you said. And sure enough, the answers reveal themselves. The people that you need come into your life. That's another thing. Yeah. Like relationships are the new economy, correct? Correct. You want to make more money? Shake more hands. The more hands you shake, the more money you make. But yet, how many of us go out and introduce ourselves to new people every day? How many new people did you meet yesterday, Lisa? And how many people did you meet the day before? Intentionally go out and meet new people. Why? Because relationships are the new economy. Like the more people you know and the more people that know you, the better. Are you in a Facebook group? Are you introducing yourself to new groups, new people, new organizations? Or are you just sitting there staying in your nice little safe bubble? Well, I don't know what to say. No, you know exactly what to say. You're just afraid to say it. Because you're worried about what other people might think of what you said. Fuck other people's opinion. 
Okay, value yours. Shit. This is major bombs. I need that audio from you, that dropping bombs audio that you do on your podcast because you just dropped a fuck ton of bombs on this audience. Thank you for that. I sure. want to know a couple things. Number one, on your number six, seek new information. Where do you like to get your information? How do you Books. fill your cup? Books and podcasts. I mean, first of all, podcasts are fantastic because you get a multitude of different people and their opinions and their viewpoints and their lessons and their experiences. And you live vicariously through them and you learn through them. I, I'm, I have my books coming out here next month called The Hard Way, which is lessons I've learned the hard way. So you don't have to like there's no reason to learn the hard way. There is no there is no glory in, in doing it the hard way. Like people are people are bullshitted into believing that. I used to ask people on my podcast, would you rather uh, earn $20 million or be handed $100 million? And, they, and uh, they'd all say, I'd rather earn it. And I'd say, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, why would you rather earn $20 million rather than just get given $100 million? Well, because if you didn't earn it, it's not worth it. Bullshit. It's pretty worth it to me. It sounds and fantastic. Like, and then they're like, well, if I earned it, I'll know how to earn it again. Well, dude, if you got handed $100 million, you could go learn the same shit with a hundred million dollars in your bank right you could lose 20 million dollars and learn what to do and pay. guess what you still got 80 million left the, right the the, the the society tells us that we need to earn things for them to be worth something and that's not true if you want to give me a hundred million dollars lisa i'd accept it and it would not bother me one bit now if everyone wanted to make fun of me because it was handed to me great I wish I had rich parents. Like people hate on these these rich kids that get everything handed to them. Shit, I wish I was them. I wish I were them. Like, dude, I wish my dad was a billionaire and he just handed me shit. I wish I had private jets and family money and luxury. Like, dude, it doesn't bother me. Well, that's going to ruin you. Who says? Money doesn't ruin people. Okay? At the end of the day, if you were a dick, <laughs> if money made you a dick, you were a dick before you had money. Yeah. Money just magnifies who you are. And it's a great tool, but it, it doesn't. Is. It's, it's one of the most valuable things you can do because in life, I believe we're looking to reach our potential. And in order to reach our potential, we need access to things. We need access to educators. We need access to culture. We need access to travel, to art. You know, we need access to gyms and protocols and, and diets and, and, you know, latest and greatest technology. Like we need access to things. And in this society, money is what gives you access. And coincidentally, access gets you money. Like people always say, dude, you know, how do you, how do you meet all these influential people? Well, I, I say you become one, become an influential person. Well, how do I become an influential person? By, by, by figuring out who you are and what you believe and speaking up. And guess what? Next thing you know, people that are, that are resonating with your message will come around and the people that don't like you will go away. But people are like, oh, I don't want to do that. What if someone doesn't like me? We go right back to number one. Who cares? Like, I don't care if people like me. I want people to like me. Sure. I'm not stupid. I don't want to offend anybody. But if my opinion or thoughts or experiences offend you, no problem. Keep scrolling. Go the other direction. I'm just looking for people that like what I'm saying. Right. And fortunately, there's a lot of them. Right. And then I'd like those people to share that message out and find me more people that like me. Because at the end of the day, 
I want everyone in the world to know who I am for one reason. Money follows attention. Like the more people that know you, the better off you'll be. And that's, you know, generally true. There's always, you know, one exception to a rule, I'm sure. But at the end of the day, man, you know, there's people that don't want to be known. There's people with private accounts Mm -hmm. on social media. It's called social media. Okay. You're supposed to be social. How would a private account be social? You come to my, you come to my social media uh, account and, and, and it's on private is the, is the equivalent of doing this. When someone walks up and say, and says, hi, like you might as well just flip them off. None of your business. That's how I'm doing. <laughs> Beat it. Okay. Don't worry about how I am and who I am. Beat it. Like what, how, how does that make any sense? It doesn't. Like, take so- your shit off private. Post who you are, post what you think. That's how you become influential. You know, but this would require people to have confidence and be in essence, either fearless or be willing to um, Lisa, people have confidence, man. If they're all by themselves, they'll do all kinds of crazy shit. (laughs) They'll sing in the shower. They'll do whatever you, I mean, people have confidence. Okay. They don't need confidence. They need to stop worrying about other people's opinions. You know, the reason you don't sing out loud is because you think you suck, but you'll sing all by yourself. Well, then where's the confidence come in? You know, you have, you have the confidence. You just don't have, I think the better word is, is actually, it may be confidence. You may be right because it boils down to, they're not confident in, in, in their ability, which is themselves. So yeah, you go back and fix that confidence. Your whole life will change. And guess what? Your your circle might change too because there's going to be people that don't like you now that you're confident. They liked you as that little insecure, you know, demure Bitch. individual <laughs> that didn't cause any waves or didn't give your opinion. You know, sometimes there's marriages that go wrong because the wife or the husband, in some cases, the wife starts to starts to wake up and realize that she's got value as well. And then, you know, she or he have been dominated in this relationship. And sometimes that lasts forever. Well, sometimes the other partner wakes up and realizes, dude, I'm just as valuable as you are. And then that's why they break up because the husband or the wife in that case says, screw you, you know, because they're insecure. But at the end of the day, you have to value yourself and, 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 and demand that people respect you. You know what I'm saying? Like if you don't respect you, how is anyone else going to respect you? So if you just start, you know, do the sacred six and I'm telling you 90 to 120 days, you will feel, think and act different. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I think it's absolutely amazing. You know, how would you start with number one, starting with number one, how would you, you know, suggest that people go out and start to forgive themselves? Is that how you don't ha- start, you choose, you choose. Okay. You don't start, man. You just make a choice. Listen, whatever I've done in the past. I forgive myself for it. Whatever it was, whatever you you did, it doesn't matter what you did. You for you, everyone deserves a second chance. Okay. People do change. And what's crazy is in order to get more out of life, you're going to need to change. Your life will change. Your friends will change. Your circles will change. And people are afraid of change. Why? Because they, they we're creatures of comfort. We seek comfort. And that's the craziest part about it. If you're looking for comfort, seek discomfort. Because if you get uncomfortable, you will end up in a better place. But if you seek comfort, you'll end up 
uncomfortable. It's almost like this trick. It's like a dichotomy. You know, I want to be comfortable. So people would think, well, I need to seek comfort. No, you need to seek discomfort. The shit that will get you comfort is uncomfortable and people don't like to be uncomfortable. So that's why they don't do that shit. And then they just stay comfortable and then they end up uncomfortable. So crazy. I want to ask you a question. What has religion or the, um, the universe or God, has that played a role in any of your, during any point in your life? Well, I would believe that it has. I mean, I, I believe, you know, like I said, I, I, it's not me doing all this. It's, 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 uh, in, in other words, I, I believe that there is a higher power. We are too flawless of, of beings like, like Lisa, if you cut your arm, something in your body sends platelets to your wound and heals the cut. Like we, we, we heal ourselves. Like you can cut off a piece of your liver, I believe, and it will grow back. You can, your lungs will repair themselves. Like the human body is incredibly profound. The mind, the way it works, the, 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 our eyes, our ears, the things that we are able to do is incredible, right? It's not accidental. I don't believe we were monkeys and now we're humans. I just don't believe it. Why? Well, because where's all the half monkeys then? <laughs> like where'd they all go? There would be half monkeys still evolving, wouldn't there? And why but, haven't but, we continued to so I believe them? So I believe that there is a, a higher being. I don't know exactly what it is. And, and, and I don't know, like there's Buddhism, there's, you know, uh, Muslim, there's, uh, you know, Christianity, there's, uh, Judaism, there's all these different faiths, you know, and then faiths within faiths. I just know that there's a higher power. And I, and I think that I, um, am protected by that higher power. I, I think everyone's pretty much, unless you're a dirtbag, um, protected by an angel. I really believe I have four. I have, I have like, I'm the luck. I'm one of the luckiest people you'll ever meet. I just get lucky every single day. And, and people are like, you know, well, well, why dude? I don't know. You know, somebody loves me. I don't know. I'm chosen. I don't know. Like, listen, maybe it's my mindset. Maybe I attract luck because I believe I'm lucky. And I honestly do. Someone asked me one time on a podcast, what did it feel like when you hit rock bottom? And I said, well, I've never hit rock bottom. I don't know. And he said, well, weren't you homeless on the beach once? And I said, oh, well, yeah, but like, dude, that was a beach. Like you really believe sleeping on a beach is, is, is you're screwed. I mean, sometimes like, that's a choice for a some beach. people, right? Well, dude, sleeping on a beach, I can think of a million things worse than that. <laughs> so, so again, I've never hit rock bottom just because I was homeless on a beach for a couple of weeks doesn't mean I was rock bottom. Rock bottom is way worse than that. I've never been bad off. I've always been fortunate. I've always, you know, been in a situation where I personally, you know, realized that there were many ways out. I could have went home. I could have went and stayed with a family member. I chose to be on that beach. Why? Because I did not want to go home. I chose to be on the beach. And right now there's all kinds of homeless people, believe it or not. They're choosing to be homeless. Yeah. You know, we can sit back and be like, oh, well, that's rude. That's easy for you to say. No, 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 no. 
I was homeless and I did choose it. And then I choose not to be. And then guess what? If there's homeless people out in the world on the street, walk up to some of them and ask them, talk to them. And I bet you money, you're going to find more that are choosing to be there. I asked one time, uh, a homeless guy, you know, Hey, you know, I, I felt bad for him. I said, Hey, you know, why are you, you know, out of curiosity, the guy looked completely capable. I said, why are you here? He said, his sister wouldn't allow him to drink. I said, so, so you, you just, you just decide, screw it. You'll sleep on the street just so you can drink. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like, that's crazy, but whatever. See, again, I'm, uh, you know, Hey, to, to each his own, like do what makes you happy. If that person, if that homeless person on the street drinking all day is happy, well, good for him because that's what we're all searching for is to be happy. Yeah. And that's another thing, Lisa, if you want a bomb dropped on someone's head, listen to this. <laughs> Happiness is a choice. It is a choice. That's it. People are always seeking to be happy when all they have to do is choose to be happy. Just choose to be happy. And You'll I be think, happy. I think one of the ways that you are talking about choosing to be happy is through gratitude. You know? Gratitude. I wake up every morning and the first thing I think about is you get another day and that's the most valuable thing in the world. The other day I had a video. It's basically, uh, it's called the million dollar morning. I asked people, if I gave you a million dollars, would you be excited? They're like, yeah. I'm like, describe how you'd feel. And they just throw out all these words that were amazing. And, you know, nobody could ruin their day and everything would be exciting. Okay, great. Now, if I told you that you wouldn't wake up tomorrow, would you take the million dollars? They're like, well, of course not. Okay, so every day we wake up is worth more than a million dollars. But yet we don't act like it. We were not excited. We're not enthusiastic. We're not relieved. We're not grateful. But if I gave you a million dollars, you would be when you know for a fact that that's not even close to being worth waking up. So we wake up every day with a gift and we don't take advantage of it. So I, I trained my mind by putting a sign on my wall that said, congratulations, you get another day. And then I put comma bitch. I, was, <laughs> you know, I thought I was cool. I'd be like, congratulations, you get another day, bitch. And so when I'd wake up and my car was getting repoed and I didn't have rent money and, you know, I had issues and challenges like everybody else, I looked over at the sign and I'm like, oh yeah. And then all of a sudden I smiled. I jumped out of bed because everything now became an opportunity instead of a challenge. Instead of being depressed, I was excited. I was excited to get my car paid. I was excited to go out and meet new people, try to close new deals, try to, you know, get my rent figured out, like, and, and, and progress in life. So it was an opportunity, even though somebody else, it was a problem. It was a challenge. It was the reason their life sucked. My life never sucks because if you wake up in the morning, it's already a great day. The question is, is how good is it going to get? Yeah, I love that. That is profound. And that is a massive, another bomb. And I need that audio. I'm going to have to put it in after this recording. But the reason I asked you about your faith and um, whether you believe in a higher power was because I, I wanted to bring that back to your number to your number one, which was forgive yourself in your sacred steps. And when I think about forgiving myself um, for all the shit that I've done and all the failure that I've had, I am religious and I do believe in God. And I think to myself, who the fuck am I to not forgive myself when God has already forgiven me. That's pretty, that's pretty bold, right? That's pretty um, assumptive. 
of me to think that I am better than the higher power that has already forgiven me and who wants the best for us. And so, well, that's, a, go ahead. that's a good point. That's a good point. And, and not only that, I believe that we are a piece. We are a, f- a fraction of God. So to not forgive yourself is almost blasphemy. Like you are you telling me he made you, he or she made you, right? So does he make mistakes? No, he might be disappointed in how you're choosing to show it. But at the end of the day, forgive yourself, man. Start again. You can you can change. People can change. So, you know, you are really a huge blessing to so many people in the world who follow you, who listen to you. And I think that you are serving um, the purpose that you were put here to serve. I mean, you know, I know that you're telling us that you have been lucky, but when people know about your reality and what you've been through, they're not going to see it the same way you do. You know, you're an incredibly powerful human being who has overcome a tremendous amount. You, um, you don't have a degree from high school. You don't have a college degree and you're a self-made. Sorry. Correction. Please. I have several degrees. Okay. Including two PhDs. Okay. I take it back. But they work for me. (laughs) I always tell people, you don't need a degree if you can hire one. But I do have multiple degrees. They're just not mine. (laughs) But but I can use them. (laughs) That's great. But, you know, yours is not the common path. So you have something unique and special to deliver to the world. And I'm so grateful that you're serving your purpose. The more people that hear you, the more people that read your book that's coming out soon, the more people that that learn about these six sacred steps, the better off the world's gonna be. You know, people say, what can I do? I'm one person. How am I gonna change this situation with the COVID or the vaccine or now Afghanistan? What am I gonna do? Well, one person, don't you think, can create a movement? Well, sure, but again, quit, turn off the headlines and the social media. Yeah. At the end of the day, sometimes I get caught up watching all this crap going on and I think to myself, oh, oh, what's going to be going on? And now I'm worried about something. And it's like, dude, look, you can't control that. Okay. What you can control is in front of your face right now. You are alive right now. Enjoy right now. Well, they're going to come out with passports. So what? Worry about it then. Like right now, enjoy life, kick ass, help somebody, you know, and, and enjoy because dude, you, you might get hit by a car on the way home. Like my friend who was a total hypochondriac and <laughs> real germaphobe, if he would have been alive during COVID, oh, it would have been the most hilarious thing ever. But he died in a plane crash. Oh God. And guess what? He 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 would be freaking out right now, but he he never even experienced it. He was so worried about the future. About everything. And he didn't realize there is no future. Okay. He was going to die. He just didn't know it. And guess what folks, that's the dumbest thing anyone can think. We're all going to die. Okay. We don't have very long on this earth. Like if you think about it, like I'm 52, the average life expectancy is 78. Let's say I live to 98. That's only 46 more years. That's less than I've already lived. Like folks get to live it. Right. 
get to making an impact. You're going to die, whether it's from COVID or a plane crash or a car crash or someone kills you or you just die of old age, you're going to die. So what are you waiting on? Like get rolling, quit worrying about dying, quit worrying about shit and just start living. God, I could talk about that all day long. I think about that all the time and I try to encourage the people that I come into contact with, the people on my team, um, the book that I just published. You know, we, we really do have a very finite time and we're so busy with the minutia and what the fuck lipstick Kim Kardashian is wearing or some bullshit on television that we are, and, and medicating ourselves you know, drinking too much, taking too many pills, whatever the case is, to numb what pain, perceived pain from the past. It's fucking crazy, isn't it? It is 100% crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's 100% crazy. And once people understand that that is what's happening, a lot of them, as soon as they become aware, they start to realize, well, that's stupid. I'm, I'm worried about the past that cannot be changed. Nobody on earth can change the past. So what are you worried about it for? It's gone. It's over. Worry about right now. Worry about right now. That's where people should live. They shouldn't live in the past because that causes depression and anxiety. And if you live in the future, you're, 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 you're always living for tomorrow. Like I used to do that all the time. When I'm rich, I'm going to, and I can't wait until I'm this and, and then I'll, you know, be happy. But in reality, that just, the, the carrot just kept moving. I used to think, you know, once I make a million dollars a year, man, my life's going to be awesome. And then I made a million dollars a year and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it's not as awesome as I thought it was. So, you know, now I need to make 10 million a year. Then I got to 10 million a year and then I'm like, oh, well, you know, when now as soon as it's a hundred million, everything will change. Guys, quit living in the future. Okay. Live today. Like enjoy today. You know, the old saying, if, if today was your last day on earth, what would you be doing? Mm-hmm. Because 99.9% of us would not be doing what we're doing. And if you can get to that level of existence where you literally live every day like it's your last, not only will you be correct one day, but you will live the most fulfilled and epic life out of anyone on earth. Anyone. Because you don't care about tomorrow. You care about today, right now. What am I doing? And you would enjoy it like it's your last day. And you'd wake up tomorrow excited as hell because you figured out it wasn't. And you'd do it again, knowing that that's your last day. And if you literally could live every day like it's your last, that would be the most epic, you know, journey ever. Because you're not giving a fuck about what anybody thinks about you. You're not giving a fuck about your fear, right? You're living in the moment. It's all of the things that you talked about. That's the key. Live in the now. Like, what can we control right now and if you can't control it quit thinking about it yep if i fail and by the way we, we can control our reaction to anything that's true so when, when when i tell people you you get to decide what happens they're like what do you mean i can't control if someone comes up and punches me in the mouth no but you can control how you react to someone punching you in the mouth you can control how you react to getting fired you can control how you react to the headlines like like i find myself watching these headlines and and quite frankly dude sometimes it does affect me i'm thinking to myself holy shit what the hell is going on in this world like this is the craziest shit i've ever seen vaccine passports like are you telling me that you, someone's going to kick in my door and and force my family to take a shot that's that's 
research like what 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 and then i catch myself and i'm like dude ain't nobody kicking down my door today well they're going to well who cares i'll worry about it when they're kicking down my door today i'm gonna go rock i'm gonna party i'm gonna have fun i'm gonna enjoy i'm gonna help people i'm gonna teach i'm gonna learn i'm gonna freaking grow i'm gonna develop and if tomorrow the door kicks in and people are like i told you well guess what i didn't worry all the way up now that doesn't mean don't plan okay i do have plans should things happen right so prepare is to is to is is wise i would i would highly suggest everybody prepare matter of fact when i'm training people how to sell okay sell and close and persuade i got closer school where i teach people how to become better humans but but also learn how to sell close persuade and influence because with the ability to sell close and persuade you can pretty much do anything you want in life start a business work for someone else you're always valuable so I teach people that in my closer school. Well, the first step, if you want to sell something is to sell yourself on yourself. Okay. The second step is preparation. Most people fail to prepare, which is why they have, you know, shitty selling experiences like prepare. And that goes with life. If you really believe someday, you know, soon we're going to have a problem. Well, good. Go prepare for it. As soon as you're prepared next, that's it. Move on. Like, let's go. Live in the now, but, but be prepared. Don't, don't be a fool. What do you mean? Sell yourself. What, what did you say just now? You said sell yourself for yourself or to yourself. You, you, you got to sell yourself first. Like, like, like if you're selling a product you don't believe in, then, then you, you haven't sold yourself on that product. You shouldn't sell a got product it. you don't believe in. Um, and, and believe it or not, you know, relationships are the are the real value all of the revenue you've ever received in your life was derived from a relationship of some kind yeah. so relationships are where you get money people say money doesn't grow on trees lisa mm -hmm. guess where it grows it grows in other people's pockets <laughs> and if it grows in other people's pockets and you want some don't you think the more people you know the better well then how come you're not introducing yourself and people are like, well, I don't know what to say. And I feel stupid. Okay. So again, and we're going back to the sacred six, like you won't introduce yourself because you feel, well, what if they think I'm stupid? Well, what if they don't like what I say? And now you're worried about them again, like worry about yourself. First step, sell yourself on yourself, right? I'm valuable. I'm valuable to anybody that I encounter. I can help anybody on the planet. It doesn't matter who you are. I have value for you. I am a valuable individual. I am an I'm a freaking national treasure. Like, and I believe that. Why? Because I can help people and that's valuable. And so I've sold myself on myself. So that's step one. That's why I can pretty much close anybody on anything. Now, again, well, you can't close somebody on this. Listen, every deal is not closable. I'm not going to be able to sell you on freaking drinking poison, right? Why? Well, number one, I wouldn't do that. Number two, you can't close everybody on everything, folks. Understand that. But you can be in a situation where you close people on things they didn't intend on buying. How? By, by number one, selling yourself on yourself and your product, obviously. You prepare. You know the product. You become the expert. People are looking for go-to resources. People want to feel trust, right? I want to trust you. I want to, I want to like you and trust you. But you know what's more important between like and trust? Trust is more important. Like if, if you invited me into your house to sleep overnight because you like me, 
but you thought I might kill you in the middle of the night? It doesn't matter that you like me. You're not letting me in your house. But if you don't like me very much, but you trust that I'm going to be, you know, safe, well, then you might let me sleep in your house anyway. So at the end of the day, trust is more important. So how do you establish trust? Okay. How do you build the relationship? Well, the first introduction, if I'm trying to sell you something and you get that vibe, we have energy, man. Haven't you ever talked to a salesperson and it felt like they don't really give a shit about you. They're just trying to get you to give them money. Well, that's just a vibe. That's our natural energy. And our energy is in that vibration because that is what we're trying to do. So guess what? If you really want to sell somebody something, don't try to sell them anything. Try to help them. I take people from a salesperson to a help person. Like I'm a help person. I can help you. Now, I don't know if my product or service right now will help you. So what do I have to do? I've got to ask you questions. I've got to build a relationship, ask you questions and find out how to build value in my product or service high enough to make an exchange because an exchange happens when the value of my product or service exceeds the value you have for your money. So if I just told you, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollar house for $20,000. You're like, Oh yeah, no brainer. Why? Because you value that house more than you value the $20,000. So again, trying to keep it simple for people because everyone wants to complicate it. How do we make a sale? We raise the value of our product and service or service. We raise the value of it higher than the value of the person has for their money. So how do you know how much people value their money? You got to get to know them. You have to ask questions. You have to get the information from the customer. Most salespeople do all the talking. They don't ask questions and listen. Anyway, I'm getting into a sales class now, but trust me, I'll tell you this. If you're listening to this podcast and you want one skill that will take you farther than any other skill set on earth, learn to sell, close, persuade, and influence people. And they can get that too through the closing school. Well, you can do it. It's closer school, closerschool.com. But you, you can, you can get that from a lot of people. You know, my buddy Grant Cardone will teach you some shit. You know, (laughs) Brian Tracy will teach you some shit. Tony Robbins will teach you shit. There's all kinds of information out there. It doesn't have to be mine, but it has to be received and it has to be used. Every time I I sign off, because I do a weekly call, I coach people every week online. Anyone can join. It's 67 bucks. I make it cheap just so freaking anyone can do it. I meet with them four times a week. We role play, we practice, I answer questions, I give advice, you know, all, I bring on guests and stuff, but but ultimately anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. They just have to realize that we're all in sales in the first place. There's yeah. people that are literally like, oh, I, w- I would be terrible at sales or I, I hate salespeople. You are a salesperson, you fool. You've been selling people your whole life. So guess what? The difference between a good salesperson and a bad one is the bad one don't know their salespeople. That's it. But they are. So if you know you are one, why not master the craft? Why not get so good you can freaking literally sell, close, and persuade people, influence people on anything you need them to be influenced and sold on? That's just a skill set that everybody needs. Yeah, we all are salespeople, right? We started young. We started when we wanted to stay up late and watch Fantasy Island or The Love Boat. Mom, you know what? I did all my chores. Nope, go to bed. Mom, I I promise tomorrow I'm going to get up early. I'm going to take the trash out like you told me to do. You sell your parents from an early age for a later curfew. 
I mean, we all are salespeople. You're absolutely right. Yeah. This has been amazing. So many bombs dropped. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Sure. Let me see how much. Oh, man, we've been going for almost an hour here. Thank you. No Any problem. last thoughts for the audience about sales, about building confidence, about your book? Talk to people about your upcoming book. How do they get it? If you just go to bradlee.com, it'll pop up a little thing says order Brad's book. Nice. Or, or here in about 30 to 45 days max, you can get it on Amazon, Audible, wherever. I can't wait. Are you going to do the Audible? Or are you going to have oh, some? Oh, yeah. Excellent. That'll be great. Yeah, it's a, it's a good book. The, 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 the craziest part is you're going to learn what's in that book one way or the other. The question is, are you going to learn it the hard way or are you going to learn it in the hard way? And then when you learn it, are you going to actually implement it? Are you going to execute on what you learn? That's the question. That's the question. Because listen, you know, success is not difficult. Okay. We make it difficult. It's not that difficult. You know, what's more difficult than getting what you want, deciding what it is. Right. Right. Come back. Promise me right now you're going to come back after the book is launched. 100%. All right. For more information on the Direct AF Sales book or custom dice course or workbook, go on over to directafsales.com. There's going to be a discount code for all the listeners there. It's code directaf20 and grab yours today. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please leave me a review. Make sure you subscribe and even better, share it with a friend so that we can share our message and our content and help as many people as we can. Thanks, guys.